Greetings, Seamheads, and welcome into the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, a Colorado Rockies-centric podcast powered by Mile High Sports. I'm your host, Anilo Piro, one half of the crew that makes up our Rockies team here at MHS, looking to bring you guys with the latest news and notes regarding your Colorado Rockies and all Colorado sports in general. Uh, quick plug for the Mile High Sports team here. We do a fantastic job. If you consider yourself a fan of the Rockies, the Broncos, the Avalanche, the Nuggets, you know, the lacrosse teams, the soccer teams out here, you know, we have a million different sporting events that go on in this city. You're going to want to check out mylifesports.com for your all access coverage regarding Colorado sports, as well as the radio station and the magazine. You know, I can't talk about the magazine enough. It's a local sports illustrated. It's a fantastic piece of print journalism in an era, you know, where print journalism is kind of, um, iffy i would i'll leave it at that but uh, if you consider yourself a colorado sports fan you're gonna want to check us out here at mylifesports.com online on the radio am 1340 fm 1047 and in the magazine we'll get you covered from head to toe to make sure that all of your colorado sports knowledge is locked and loaded in your brain so you can take that uh to the dinner table to the bar wherever you want to go you will be an informed fan so be sure to check us out at mylifesports.com if you guys want to follow my work please be sure please be sure to follow me on instagram and twitter you could follow me on on the Twitter sphere at media by AP and on Instagram at avp.media. Um, for those of you that don't know, I throw up an Instagram story every day before I record a podcast asking for you guys, the fans, to you know throw me a couple questions regarding the Colorado Rockies and I'll answer them on this podcast. So if you missed it on this morning session, I'll be back here Friday doing another podcast so you'll have an opportunity then. Um, so be sure to stay in tune and in sync with the podcast if you want to you know stay up to date with your Colorado Rockies. But I am joined by my main man, Ronnie K, to my left, who is going to be the first ever guest on this podcast. The Can you believe it? ever guest. The first one. The really? inaugural guest. Oh. Well, thanks for having me, Neil. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate it. Well, uh, I hope that Dr. Pepper is enough compensation for you. Yes. It's, because, got, me, uh, it's got me very excited. Uh, of course, the Rockies back on a 10-game homestand. Oh, yes. So lots to discuss. Um, so yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting go around for this Colorado Rockies club, and so far we're halfway through this homestand. The Rockies now with a four and one record, halfway through a season long ten game homestand. Um, now a game under five hundred, and I know I've listened to your show all the time. Real, real quick, tell people where they can listen to you on the radio. Yeah, so I'm on uh, Mile High Sports Radio, one oh four seven FM, also on the thirteen forty uh, dial as well too. Eleven a.m. to noon. Mm-hmm. So uh, as you're going out to get lunch or anything like that, you could just tune it on and listen. You could text the show uh you can follow me on twitter at ronnie k radio we talk all sports but of course the rockies uh in the limelight as well too um so a lot of stuff going on and i'm in the clubhouse and uh, chatting with the players of course uh, sitting side by side with you covering this team so uh yeah there's a lot to discuss yeah and i was listening to your show the other day while i was going out to get lunch you know coincidentally of course and i know you're a believer that if you're three games over if you're three games under you're pretty much considered a 500 yes. ball club yeah i mean it, Technically, they're under 500, but let's be honest. Uh, they're a game under. Uh, they're going to hover around that 500 mark. So in my eyes, that's kind of the what makes you a borderline, just, just straight mediocre team, is whether you hover just above or just below. Yeah, and I mean, that, that makes perfect sense. And there was some dude on Twitter that today that I, I, I put out a tweet last night saying how the Rockies on this season long 10-game game home, game homestand are now 4-1, and one, losing only that one game so far. And... and Everyone was like, oh, you just jinxed them. And I'm like talking about how they have all this momentum and all this stuff. And and someone was like, oh, there's still nine games out of the division and whatnot. And I, for one, think it's going to be a rough stretch ahead for the Rockies if they do want to make the playoffs. But there's still 100 games left to play. Yes. You know, there's a lot of time left in this season. So, you know, 50, you know, around 50 games into the season, what's the temperature of the Rockies in your opinion? Well, look, make no mistake. Um, 
I look at baseball as a marathon. I say this all mm-hmm. the time on the show. Baseball is a marathon, okay? It's not a sprint, okay? There was once a time where the Boston Red Sox, uh, who were very much in the same situation as the Colorado Rockies in that 3-12, and 12, you know, 5-15 and 15 mark, whatever it was, a very disappointing start, obviously, but they have rebounded. They are now three games over 500. Colorado hovering over 500. They're a better team than this, and I think they all know that. It's just it's going through the rigors, and look, they tripped off the starting line, okay? Make no mistake. Largely due to injuries. Absolutely. And, and the Daniel Murphy injury was a big deal. Uh, of course, they were looking for his boost into the lineup as well, too. But certainly, this is a Rockies team that is better than their record states. I'm in firm belief of that. They've proved that over the last couple of years. And look, they're getting back into the swing of things. So uh, I, I'm not as so much worried as I am more um, concerned moving forward when it comes to uh, certain aspects. And I'm sure we're going to get into the pitching and the hitting and all that jazz. But uh, to tie a bow on this, they have been underwhelming for th- where they are now. But that's not to say this, the season's over or it, it's time to, to look at them as being sellers at the deadline. Baseball is a marathon. Just win the series, win the next couple series incoming, and then all of a sudden, middle of June, you're five, six, seven games over 500, and kind of where we thought they'd be. Exactly, exactly. And I think the biggest thing here is their slow start has now eliminated a lot of the room for error. You know, they have to play well above 500 the rest of the way if they want to get back into this National League playoff race. And I've been clamoring, you know, really since the season started that it's not going to be as easy to get into the postseason this year as it has been in years past due to the increased competition in the National League. You know, you have three teams in the NL East that are going to be contending for it. I mean, the Central is loaded with the Cardinals, the Pirates, the Cubs, um, the the Brewers. I mean, those are four legitimate teams that could potentially make the playoffs. So there's a lot going on. And then obviously you have the Titan Los Angeles Dodgers and the within the National League West. And unfortunately for the Rockies, it seems like the division's already a pipe dream. Would you agree? Well, I mean, did you really think they were going to win the division in the I, first place? I didn't, but considering, you know, wild card birth, you kind of sneak in, you know, yeah. 2017. Last year, you're a really good team. You get to the sure. NLDS. That's the next step. You know, you'd like to try to dethrone the Los Angeles Dodgers. And granted, they are one of the best teams in baseball the past few seasons. But... To me, and it was interesting, when the Rock, when the Dodgers were here earlier this season, uh, manager Dave Roberts was presented with a question kind of analyzing the quote-unquote rivalry between the Rockies mm-hmm. and the Dodgers, and he kind of downplayed it, basically saying how this isn't a rivalry because, you know, the Rockies will get a game or two every now and again, but when it comes down to it, if it's a, you know, a game 163 to decide the division or if it's meeting up in the playoffs, the Dodgers are going to trounce the Rockies every single time. Sure. Well, here's the thing. Look, um, the Dodgers have done such a great job at the farm system yes, and bringing guys up and having a great eye for talent. I mean, Kenley Jansen was a catcher before he became a, a Ridiculous. great pitcher. Uh, Max Muncy was a, a, a stray who didn't even bat 200 yeah. by the time he came to the Dodgers. So I, I don't want to hear the excuse or the, this, this narrative around the idea that the Dodgers just buy themselves all this talent. They're great at recruiting. What the Dodgers do have the luxury of is affording some of those guys around this time of year to either A, dig themselves out of a hole, or B, pad yourself that lead. And that's the challenge that Colorado has. Colorado's just kind of in this unfortunate situation where they are in the one division in the NL where they do have this um, 10-pound gorilla who can just spend a ton of money. That's not the case kind of in the Central as well as the East. You know, it's not like we're in the East where you're – you know, a couple games over 500, and you're 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 up against this titan of the Philadelphia Phillies or yeah. the Atlanta Braves. 
the Dodgers are one of a very select few of teams. Let's throw the Yankees, let's throw the Red Sox in there as well, too, who can spend all this money as well, too, around this time. And that's what makes it very difficult in getting this kind of division title. And that's why they don't have one. In the last 25 years. Yeah, and you know, the Dodgers are just such a sound franchise, and they do, I actually, little plug here, um, I have an upcoming article in uh, Mile High Sports, the magazine, talking about John Gray and how he reinvented himself this mm. offseason, um, but I interviewed this guy named Sam, and he's the director of player development over at Driveline, which is this analytically driven baseball facility, yes. and we were just talking general baseball, and he says there's reasons why the Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Dodgers are always good, because they're able to just seamlessly mesh analytics with traditional methods of developing yes. a team. And they do that so well. And I was actually talking yesterday, someone who's familiar with the uh, Dodgers, um, excuse me, double A affiliate down in Oklahoma and kind of, I, f I don't remember who the affiliate was, a, you know, who they were related to before the Dodgers, but they basically told me how whoever was the old team that was running that organization, you know, they would have pretty much a glut of players stay at double A all season. Now with the Dodgers running the show, it's like a turnstile. Yes. I mean, you have players going up, down, in and around, changing positions, playing, you know, every which way possible because the Dodgers pride themselves on their versatility and their ability to be great. So again, I don't want to talk about the Dodgers too much in this podcast, but it's a really good stepping stone and a, and a goal of the Rockies to try to get yeah. past them. But there's there's still light years away. And, and to an extent, they have been fairly decent at doing that mm -hmm. um but i think their resources are getting to the point where they are depleted i mean we just saw brendan rogers come up who uh more so i think for injury but he's kind of the last gem yes. right for the mm -hmm. rockies they have a couple guys that, they've got a riley pine they've got a peter lambert who they can really, they converted really um, lately, they, but i was gonna say they converted pine to a relief pitcher already. yeah and and so i mean none of these guys really jump off the page like brendan rogers did mm -hmm. he's kind of their last gem he was a top 10 prospect in the game their yes. number one prospect for probably i think three plus seasons now yeah. um so yeah you know the farm system is relatively depleted in terms of superstar potential talent obviously you might have a diamond in the rough here and again um that you know that remains to be seen but you know let's talk about this homestand because in my opinion you know season-long 10 game homestand could not have come at a better time for the rockies sure they really did a nice job in pittsburgh to finish out that road trip with a 500 record um so good stuff from them in that sense and i was a big believer that this was a make-or-break homestand for the Rockies with their really? season. Yes, I was. I, I think they needed to go 8-2, maybe 7-3 and three to be considered legitimate and turn this thing around. Um, obviously, we know where they are now, but before the homestand, how much uh, stock did you put in it in terms of well, their success? Uh, There's a reason why DJ LeMahieu is no longer here. You know, they really entrusted in these young guys, you know, Brendan Rodgers. We saw Jario Diaz yesterday get his first career win. You know, guys to kind of supplement the output, and I think we've seen that, you know, in a small sample size recently. Now, the big question is, can they collectively do that over the course of, a you know, 100-plus games this season? That remains to be seen. Um, you know, but they are right they're not in a great place, but they're not in an awful place. You know, they're kind of in baseball purgatory right now. They're, they're well out of that wild card race, but like you said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So there's absolutely a big opportunity for them to, you know, kind of capitalize on this weaker part of the schedule that they find themselves in. But to me, Ronnie, the biggest question mark and the deciding factor with this Rockies club this season will be their pitching. And, and, and specifically Kyle Freeland. And Freeland has just been absolutely dreadful this season. He owns the highest cumulative ERA in the National League amongst qualified pitchers so far this season. Um, listen, people have talked about he needs to be sent down. The Rockies maybe need to put him on a phantom IL stint. What's your... And Ronnie, I'll ask... And Ronnie, I'll ask you this. What What is your overall perspective of Kyle Freeland this season? 
Well, here's the thing. Um, Kyle needs to counter um, to what the opposing pitchers have done, right? Okay, so Kyle Freeland doesn't have special stuff, okay? He's more of a cerebral pitcher, if you will. Okay, Herman Marquez has special stuff, right? Herman Marquez has blow-away stuff, but the problem is is that um, Kyle doesn't have that special um, ability to kind of tap into when he needs to make that one pitch, and so hitters have figured it out. His hitters have figured out that uh, this is the book on Kyle Freeland. This is how you hit the guy. And when you know a pitch is coming, it doesn't matter if it's a hundred mile an hour pitch or if it's a, uh, a, a devastating breaking ball. If they know what is coming, they can either hold off and, or they can smack it out of the park or at least do some serious damage to the pitcher. And that's the big problem with Kyle is that they just don't have, he doesn't have anything special to tap into. Batters know what's coming. So at some point it, Rockies are going to have to say, we just can't continue this. I mean, they're going to have to do something. Yeah, you know, I think you make very valid points. And in my opinion, and, you know, I'm no scout by any means, but Kyle Freeland is much more of a tactician compared to someone like Ramon Marquez. You know, you kind of alluded to the fact that Marquez can dig deep and, you know, put an extra mile an hour or two or put some extra movement on a breaking ball to, you know, get the swing and miss or induce the double play ball. Whereas Freeland really relies on pinpoint accuracy. And, you know, a lot of his struggles have kind of stemmed from him missing spots, missing pitches. You know, Chris Iannetta talks about how if you want to miss, you want to miss middle out. And he's been missing middle in. And that's why you've been seeing him getting shelled. Um, Freeland this season has the highest cumulative ERA amongst qualified starting pitchers in the National League with a, with a mark well over six. So he has just been dreadful. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any way to slice it. He's been about as bad as you can be, you know, and consider yourself a Major League Baseball player. So what do you think the next steps are for him? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't. I, that's the thing. I don't know. Um, I I'm gonna put this in the hands of Buddy Black because Buddy Black understands what it's like to be in the shoes of Kyle Freeland now, and and that's the beauty about having a guy like Buddy Black is because he he can understand that. You know, I think if you had a a Walt Weiss in the past or or, or Clint Hurdle, maybe you're just gonna just send that guy out there because you just don't know what it's like. Uh, at some point, though. The, the, the Rockies have to look at this and say, okay, well, this is not working. So how do we change this, whether it be a an IL stint of some case? Maybe it is the blister that's affecting him a lot more than we think. Uh, Kyle Freeland said himself that he's dealt with blisters all his life. So I don't buy that as an excuse. So it, either it's an IL stint or maybe it's just sending him down or doing something. I mean, at least something changing so that he can go back, reset, because the Rockies need him. Uh, they are not going to make the postseason with him uh, and an ERA of 9.5 for May. I mean, that's just dreadful. And so uh, this is a Rockies team that's got to do something. they got to do something soon because I think we've seen enough. This is not just a small sample size. Freeland's just been bad this year. Yeah, and I, and I completely agree with you. And to me, the frustrating part of this, if you consider yourself a Rockies fan, is how did the front office, how did Jeff Breidich and company decide to go into the season you know, with this starting rotation, we've seen the Rockies make solid leaps in each of the past two seasons and to not address the starting rotation, you know, and I understand, listen, they had the second highest cumulative ERA in franchise history last season with a 4.17 collective ERA. Phenomenal. You know, I'm not going to take that away from them, but history tells you 
at Coors Field, the odds of that happening again are probably slim to none. Or, you know, there, there's going to be some setbacks and there's going to be some inflation in that number. And that's what blows my mind. How do you go into a season with Chad Bettis and Tyler Anderson penciled in as your back end of the rotation, guys? Because we've seen, you know, even before the Rockies made the playoffs, that these guys will struggle, you know, and struggle mightily over the course of a season. And, and you've seen that. And because of that, mixed with the Rockies' injuries offensively, you know, they're a sub-500 club. And, and while they've trekked out of that, you know, narrative a little bit, there's still, you know, some problematic issues moving forward if they want to make the playoffs. Well, look, um, this is a team that, and you know this more than much of anybody. I've said this on air constantly. Um, Tyler Anderson, I thought it was in the rotation last year because he was a lefty. Uh, I, I didn't think very much of it. He he proved me wrong for a majority of the year. But uh, and, and look, Chad Bettis has been a great story, but th- that is a very poor back end. And and I still think and I and. Look, I don't have any inside sources on this, but I still believe the Nolan Arenado unsigned contract was a big cloud that hung over Colorado for a long, long time because they weren't sure if he was sticking around long term. Now they know. The problem is, is it was too late in the free agency situation to then go out and try to chase an arm. Now, you could say that's on Jeff Breidich for not being diligent prior and just going out and getting an arm. And certainly, look, he took heat at the beginning of the year. He's still taking heat now because, yeah, it's a bad rotation right now because he did put too much stock in the young guys. He did put too much stock probably in Jeff Hoffman, uh, who has been a, a, a struggling Prospect. I I don't even know if we should call him a prospect anymore because we kind of know what he is. He throws a hundred mile an hour fastball, which is great, but hitters know when it's coming. So, uh, and the problem is, is there's no end. There's no end in sight. That's that's where I think this is the biggest worry because they can't go out and get a pitcher who like let's just use Dallas Keuchel for example. Okay, let's just say they they throw an, an enormous amount of money towards Dallas Keuchel. If Keiko wants a long-term deal, okay, he doesn't want to go to a place that's going to lessen his value. When you go to Coors Field, you know that there's a very good possibility that your value could be less. So then all of a sudden, the potential $70, $80 million contract you were going to get next year on a new team is now 2030 because you looked bad for, say, seven, eight starts at Coors Field. So that's where the problem is is that there's just no there's no end in sight in this. There's no fix here. I'm I'm not even sure if there's duct tape to to strap onto the leak because Jeff Hoffman has been really bad. So it, look, they're in a bad spot no doubt, and that's and that's what makes it so crucial for Kyle Freeland to figure this thing out because they got nobody to turn to. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I, I it's a ama- it's make or break in regards to Kyle Free, and they need him to perform well, um, and he just hasn't been doing that. So, you know, and I think part of the reason that you haven't seen the Rockies spend, you know, more so in the offseason, one, because of Nolan, but two, because of the amount of money that they already have tied up to the bullpen. You know, guys like Brian Shaw, Jake McGee, Wade Davis, and to their credit, Brian Shaw has bounced back nicely this season, but, you know, there's definitely still some issues um, in terms of dollars that have been tied up. You know, they invested heavily in this bullpen a couple seasons ago, and I think that's why you haven't seen them reinvest money um, moving forward this season so you know and at the same time they've had some guys you know step up big Bettis has been really nice out of the bullpen he got his first career save last night Hario Diaz you know he had a long long emotional journey back to the major leagues he picked up a, um, a win last night as well so maybe some bright spots in the bullpen but in my opinion the the biggest issues for the Rockies lie in the rotation and I, I think it's going to be make or break for them um, if they can get improved performance from that facet but one question that I want to throw out to you on the offensive side of things you know I've, been, I've talked about Rommel Tapia I, I've 
I've written about him online at MileHighSports.com, and he's really done a solid job. He's riding a multi-game hit streak out of the leadoff spot in place of Charlie Blackman. If Tapia continues to perform well out of the leadoff spot, do you consider dropping Blackman down in the lineup, something that they have done in the past, you know, as kind of a permanent switch? Tapia gives you a little bit of speed, really good contact, whereas Blackman has some more power. I mean, what are your thoughts on Tapia as the new leadoff hitter for the Rocks? Well, I have to say, I'm very impressed by Rymel Tapia because I was not on the Rymel Tapia bandwagon as as some others were. Um, look, I I kind of think, and and this is a different fundamental thinking from what many baseball purists think. I actually don't mind lineups flipping around more often than not. I think it changes things up. It keeps things fresh. Obviously, you're going to keep your power hitters more, you know, where they should be. But, you know, look, uh, they've done this before with Charlie. And and that's the beauty of the flexibility. When he comes back from injury, you have the opportunity to move guys around. So, uh, certainly, he brings speed, uh, uh, good speed. He has made... Okay decisions in the outfield. It has been inconsistent at times. Sometimes he makes some baffling uh, decisions out on defense, but certainly uh, his offense as of late has been really, really nice and and a pickup that Denver uh, really likes because this has been a team for a while that has not had a ton of speed. Um, They have really been more so just a hit-it-out-of-the-ballpark type type team, and to add that element now to kind of spark things – I really, really like, and and Tapia could be one of those guys that becomes a a emerging offensive weapon for them this year, which would be a huge, huge boost for them. I completely agree with you. Um, you know, he's been one of these floater prospects that you know wasn't necessarily highly regarded like Brendan Rodgers was, but there was a thought, you know, a thought process that he could play consistently at the major league level, and he bounced around between the major league roster each of the couple seasons, each, each of the past couple of seasons. But this year is his real first opportunity to get legitimate playing time, and I do think he's making the most of it. So, you know, really interesting stuff from Tapia, and you know, I've been talking about Tony Walters is another guy that's been stepping up to the plate big time lately, hitting over two ninety. Um, Ian Desmond has bounced back nicely. We've seen Rodgers, you know, put a couple good swings on the ball. So, you know, overall, it seems like the Rockies are starting to hit their stride to a certain extent. You know, like you've been saying this podcast, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So it'll be interesting to see how the Rockies end up. But I'll leave you with this last question for this podcast. The Rockies make the playoffs if. Mm. The Rockies make the playoffs if their starting pitching improves. I'm going to give you multiple answers. Uh, if their starting pitching improves, if they continue to get offense from the uh, the, the individuals we've been talking about from the, the catcher position, whether it be Tony Walters or Chris Iannetta, uh, the Rymel Tapias of the world, and if the bullpen remains quite solid. I mean, uh, uh, look, Sun Juan O has, has run into some rough spots, but as you mentioned a little bit earlier, Brian Shaw has pitched a little bit better. Um, and, and certainly, you know, they... they it's funny because they haven't been in a ton of really, really tight positions early in the season because it's either been a blowout one way or the other. So, uh, but I think if you always, if I was to give you a one absolute, it's got to be the starting pitching. It's it's always been about the starting pitching with this team because uh, if they don't get good starting pitching, it dominoes, and uh, the problem is is generally it dominoes really, really hard, and then you can't get back into the game. So, uh, Kyle Freeland's got to figure it out. And the hope is that somebody, someone in the Tyler Andersons, uh, Chad Bettis's, uh, you know, Jeff Hoffman's, obviously, once everybody is healthy, you know, fully figures it out. 
and just becomes a stable number four, that just pitches competent. Again, you don't maybe it's Antonio Sensatella. I don't know. Just somebody is competent at number four so that you're not going into that fourth, fifth starter role and it's a bowling ball dropping off the table because that's what it is right now. And again, we really haven't even gotten to John Gray's inconsistency, which is has been good at times. Then it has been really bad at times. So you can't have the bowling ball fall off the table. If it was just competent pitching for four and five, that's all I'm looking for. Yeah, and I tend to agree with you. I think, you know, last season with as well as the starting pitchers pitched, it was a little bit of a facade. I think we forgot a, a little bit about how important starting pitching is last season. And the Rockies offense last year was not fantastic, you know, and, and the pitching kind of compensated for that. Um, you know, and I'll agree with you. I think the starting pitching is the key and it's really just playing sound baseball and consistent baseball because there's been multiple games this season where the pitching has been good, but the Rockies are scoring one or two runs and that's it and vice versa. So I think it's consistency across the board, but the, the clear pressing issue is starting pitching. So it'll be interesting to see how this kind of these trends continue to, you know, trend, I guess I should say. Um, but we're entering June, you know, we're getting close to the middle point of the season. You know, we're about a third way, a third of the way through now. So definitely some interesting stuff to keep an eye on. But, you know, they've got they're halfway through this homestand, five games left, uh, you know, another game against Arizona tonight. So an opportunity to get a win, but a divisional win at that. So an important five game stretch, in my opinion, for the Rockies here to round out this homestand. Well, and look, you look at it again. I'm going to say the cliche again. I love this cliche. Baseball is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You have, what, eight to ten series between now and the end of June. Let's just say you win all those series. That's uh, a 9-10 game padding onto what your record is already, which is one under. So then all of a sudden, at the end of June, you're looking at yourself as eight over five, uh, 500. That's kind of where we all thought they'd be. So as bad as the start was, as much as they've dealt with injuries, not only on offense but the pitching, they have an opportunity to just continue to play this consistently good baseball, win some series. You're going to lose one here or there. That's fine. But win a majority of series, and you'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree with you, you know, and I'll, I'll reiterate the, you know, the the term one more time. It's a marathon on a sprint, and that's exactly what a baseball season is. Couldn't agree with you more, my man. Uh, real quick, before we round out this podcast, once again, tell people where they can find you on social media. Yeah, of course, you can follow me at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. And then, of course, uh, the radio show 11 at noon on Mile High Sports, FM 1047, where uh, we talk all sports, but, of course, Rockies, uh, well, I mean, they're in the middle of the season, so we're going to talk about them. So uh, lots of fun there. And then, uh, of course, you can check out archives at MileHighSports.com. Fantastic. That is Ronnie K. That is going to do it for the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast. I'm your host, Danilo Piro. Signing off for now. I will be back on Friday. Again, if you're a fan of my work, be sure to give me a follow on Instagram at avp.media and on Twitter at media by AP. Love interacting with you guys and hearing what you have to think about um, with the Colorado Rockies. But until then, guys, hopefully the weather turns around. Hopefully it gets uh, you know a little warmer here in the Mile High City. And you know, hopefully the Rockies also keep winning these games because Nobody likes a losing ball club, especially in a beautiful ballpark like Coors Field. It's it's always a lot better when the Rockies, um, you know, are winning and winning consistently. So, you know, one third of the season down, two thirds to go. We'll see where they end up. Uh, Mile High Sports will have you covered with all of your Rockies content um, from here to then. So follow me on Twitter at Media by AP and all that good stuff. And be sure to follow us on Mile High Sports, whether that be on the online site, the radio station, AM 1340, FM 1047, or in the magazine. But that's going to do it for me, guys. We'll talk to you later.